In this episode, we're joined by Nicole Will. You know, the very definition of aging is changing in society. I'm really passionate about working with older adults. Caregivers, they really are the unsung heroes. A lot is revealed about who we are when we are in that role. And while I always wanted to acknowledge the challenge, I also think it's important that our lens is on hope and compassion. Welcome to the Canopy IQ Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Nicole Will, founder of the highly influential and long-running Will Gather podcast, and Gigi Betty, her lovely online boutique gift shop designed especially for caregivers and care partners. Welcome, Nicole. It is finally summer in Minneapolis. It is. Thank you so much for having me. You're one of those rare people who I think of as a go-to resource in a senior living world, and I know that's a very much a widely shared sentiment. You have made enormous strides when it comes to giving caregivers a voice. And I also want to take a quick minute to congratulate you on your Will Gather podcast, three years running. That is a huge milestone. Thank you. I just cannot believe that it's been three years. In some ways, it feels, you know, like a hot minute. And in other ways, I'm like, oh, I have been doing this. And to be here, to have the three years. Um, And thank you for your kind words about being the go-to. I never would have thought that I would have a podcast if you were to ask me, you know, like five years ago. Uh, And to be here three years in, it's uh, a privilege. I know that. And it's an honor. And yeah, I'm just excited to see what, what the future holds. I'm sure it's very bright. I mean, for me, you know, we're, we're early on in our podcasting days and the amount of time and effort and energy that goes into it to get it right is uh, is not no small thing. And for you to have been doing this for three years, to have the variety of guests that you bring on and, and leading voices and, and folks who are making a difference in the senior living and senior care space is, again, a really enormous achievement. So on that note, mm-hmm. can you share some background on, you know, you've had this very interesting career trajectory it's fair to say you've worn a lot of hats both on the actual business side of it, if you will. And then, you know, on the, uh, marketing and branding and other side of it. So pretty, pretty exciting to see you evolve in the space and create a following because you do have a following. So how did, how did all this come about and what, what led you to go from a career in the space to becoming what I think is fair to say is a thought leader. Thank you. You know, you're right. It's so many different hats. And in a sense, it's really these two worlds that I've been a part of have merged together to bring me where I'm at today. So, you know, having the, the, I always think of it as it's almost like stamina really to get the consistency over time, the three years to have the interviews, to have the, the dedication, uh, to continue to tell the stories. And I really, think it's a part of my personal story and passion. And then my education and my background in senior living that has really come together. So it really came from a place of having a heart to bring those two worlds together. So on the caregiver side, it is very personal. When I was 15, my grandma moved in with 
my family. And that really happened because she had a life event where she needed to move from a different state as a family. You know, I was starting my, what is that, freshman, sophomore year in high school. And we moved houses so that our new home could accommodate grandma moving in with us. So it was a really big change for for everyone involved. And we ended up caring for her until her passing. And on the other side of that, I worked in senior living and decided to study gerontology. And that love of wanting to learn about older adults and work with them and discovering that was because of my grandma living in our home. So at the same time of walking through life with family and grandma and having her be one of my closest friends, um, spending time with her, it was merging with college and figuring out what I wanted to do. Uh, Started out actually studying nursing. And when you're in that program, you are required to be a registered nursing assistant. And so that was my first formal role working in a nursing home in a senior living environment. And at that time really discovered, you know, I really want to make this a career and I'm really passionate about working with older adults. So ended up switching my degree to social gerontology, human services, and then began my career in senior living and then eventually would become a director overseeing a few different departments. So it really is, you know, given that background and personal life and then my educational background, I was always asked by friends and families and colleagues about information or resource and how to navigate grandmas and grandpas and and what aging would look like. And I've always kept up on my CEUs. And when when you're in the senior living space, I felt like I had access to what was happening and different seminars, um, you know, educators, things like that. And I always felt like, you know, families are the ones that really need to actually have this knowledge and access to this information, right? And these people and these businesses that can support them. So, you know, it was that idea and having that uh, love of wanting to share that information that I had access to. And then personally, my dad is a documentary filmmaker, and I had traveled with him to interview scholars and witness interviews and learned the power of showing up with curiosity and the value of hearing really great conversation. And I feel like we are more likely to learn and feel supported when we can relate to the person that is sharing that with us, right? You can hear tone, you can hear their story, the why, the background of the business, the information. And the podcast medium is one that I not only consume myself for information. But I also felt like this was a great platform to use my voice and the gifts and the background that I had to support others in those ways. And when when I first started the podcast and had done some research and had looked up, you know, who's what other aging podcasts are out there? And there were some that were dementia specific. There were a few um, you know, information on on aging. And 
I just felt like there weren't a lot at the time. There there are now, which is exciting because I always say, you know, I had one former guest say to me, oh, you know, I, I just was interviewed on your competitor's podcast. And I said, oh, I don't view them as a competitor at all. I said, the more the merrier, right? Community over competition. And we as interviewers and podcast hosts each have our own style, our own questions. And so what we pull out of our guests is so different from each other. And we highlight different things and our focus can be different. So I just, you know, had to share that with them. I was like, absolutely not. It's not a competitor at all. And I'm so glad. And we we want, if our heart's in the right place, we want more of that information out there, regardless of who's sharing it, you know? So if we're here to better the space, it has to be all of us. It has to be the collective. Um, that is my my lens on that. So um, yeah, having the podcast come out and, and first starting, and I remember feeling like, okay, can I do this? Uh, am I going to even find enough people to interview? I knew I wanted it to be interview style. And uh, I had watched this movie called Hacksaw Ridge, which your listeners are going to be like, how is this even related? <laughs> it's a movie. I, I'm a fan yeah, Yes. But how I related it is I was watching him and he was, you know, saving these lives and he just kept coming back to just one more. And while I know I'm not saving lives in that way, I had that philosophy of, I just need one more guest. I just need one more story. And I just kept having one more, one more, and it just has grown from there to where I'm super fortunate to be able to have this like great, great uh, resource of people that are out there that I'm that I have the ability to interview and meet and my guests then become my friends. And we just have created this, this system of support for each other. So that's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Well, it was very cool to run into you at Argentum at the Senior Living um, Executive Conference in New Orleans that recently took place. And I could see that everywhere you went, you know, people were saying, hi, Nicole, hello, Nicole. Oh. You, were, you, were, you were a main attraction there. Which is great, and as well it should be. Um, that was our first Argentum, and yeah. we, hope to, we hope to come back. One of the things I thought was really interesting was the number of younger faces that I saw. And You know, I, mm-hmm. I haven't gone to a ton of the senior living executive conferences and um, other, you know, other gatherings of the minds, but what I am seeing just in terms of interest, and even Smash, for example, which is mm-hmm. the big marketing conference taking place in October is that younger and younger people are becoming interested in the industry mm-hmm. and joining the ranks. So speaking of the caretaker's journey, I'm going to share a very quick personal uh, story about my mom. She's going to turn 85 soon. She is super cantankerous and crotchety. <laughs> and um, She's just sort of the classic New Yorker. You know, she lights one cigarette after another and she swears like a sailor. Yep. Turning 85, I'm in North Carolina here in a little mountain town called Asheville. She lives in Denver and um, she moved just a few blocks from my brother after taking a fall. Now, my brother, he's my younger brother, he's a lieutenant in the fire department and he works really long hours. Uh, It's a high stress job as a first responder. 
and his wife is a nurse and she's also, as you know, uh, working in a very high stress environment. They have a young son. So my brother works these 24 hour shifts, gets off at 8 a.m. and then he heads over to her house. And he, I think he's taking her to like Trader Joe's 17 mm. times a week is what it yeah. seems like. <laughs> Without complaint, you know, he'll go there and do her plumbing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So really the, the point ultimately is caregivers are society's unsung heroes. And I think it's fair to say that that role is going to become increasingly critical mm-hmm. as we experience an aging population with 10 to 11,000 boomers retiring every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, significant increases in dementia and Alzheimer's disease as folks get older. Yeah. So it's not getting any easier for these folks. Right. And I love that you are giving people a voice. And I love Gigi Betty, your store is, um, it's just really beautiful. I was going through oh, the catalog. You. So I'm going to have to find something for him. Yeah. He's kind of a macho guy, but I'm sure I can well, find something. We've got, we've got a one, one product that I designed specifically for men. So, <laughs> you know. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I'll share more about that. But to address your point of, you know, caregivers, they really are the unsung heroes. And, you know, there was a study put out by NIH which talks about and I hope I get all my data right because I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they families are really taking on the lion's share, the lion's share of those healthcare needs for their loved ones. And they will continue to do so as, you know, the data is 53 million unpaid family caregivers are in our country. It's somewhat of average of, you know, 24 hours a week on average is what families are are contributing to that unpaid care and the time and the mental energy and everything that goes into that. I think it's something like, you know, $600 billion, the value of, of what's happening. And so it really is a conversation that we need to to have and keep having and uh, understanding what some of their frustrations are. And, you know, really to talk back about the podcast is that as families, you know, they really feel or we feel empowered when we have information. And so if we can elevate those initiatives, those resources, have those experts and educators and thought leaders that are really doing incredible work, encourage and provide, um, you know, all this information for people. That's when we can, we can say to those caregivers that feel like most often they're doing this really lonely work, right? They feel alone in it, but we know the data is that they're not. And so if we can do that, and part of the gift shop idea named after my grandma, so my grandma's name was Betty, and we would call her Gigi Betty. And so the whole idea that I had behind starting that was, if we can show our appreciation and we can say, I'm thinking of you, I see you, I want to gift you something. If you are a caregiver, whether you love a caregiver, whether you want to just support the caregiver initiatives, I think it goes so far. And I'm a gift giver. I love to be thoughtful with the people in my life just to, to have that gesture of support. Or I had a girlfriend that 
was caring for a woman that had dementia and she passed away and I was able to gift her our necklace that had her birthstone as a reminder of not only the role that she played, but of the woman that she really cared about and loved. And so there's there's caregiver uh, gifts that are more of tools, right, to help us do our job maybe better in our caregiving. But I wasn't seeing like a ton out there specifically made for caregivers. That was just a really pretty thoughtful gift that that could show our appreciation. So that was really the idea behind that. And then within that, we give part of those proceeds every year. We donate to nonprofits that support caregivers. Specifically, I love to support those respite organizations because family caregivers always share with us their number one really challenges finding that respite and that break to be recharged and reinvigorated in what they're doing. So really identifying those respite organizations and being able to donate. And it's not a ton right now, but the goal is that we'll be able to donate all this money to be able to support those organizations and not only support the caregivers, but support the awareness around caregiver initiatives. So, yeah. Well, it's very important. It's important work, and it's just, you know, as mentioned previously, it's going to become increasingly important. There's a graph on your website that really struck a chord with me. It highlights compassion, empathy, and hope as driving principles for senior living experts and caregivers, as well as older adults. Can you elaborate on the underlying philosophy there? Absolutely. I'm glad you saw the graph. I put that together. I had this vision of what I envisioned Will Gather being. So Will Gather as a company is that we provide that resource and support for older adults and those families and senior living. And I really wanted a visual of what does that actually mean, right? Why do we actually do what we do? And when we look at what caregivers need and want, they want to feel supported, We want to feel heard, we want to feel seen and understood, and we want to be empowered with information. And our guests have that mission to offer that resource, support, information, and offer hope. And I believe that central driver of offering all of those components, if we can do that in the container of compassion and empathy and hope and caregiving is hard and it can be super overwhelming and isolating. There's a lot of emotions that encompass that. I always say it's this inside job. A lot is revealed about who we are when we are in that role of caregiving. And it can also feel rewarding and bring joy. So I believe those emotions coexist together, right? Things can be hard and they can be joyful and it just all lives. And while I always wanted to acknowledge the challenge in caregiving and be able to speak to that, I also think it's important that our lens is on hope and compassion because moving towards being a guide that can walk through those challenges and that journey with those caregivers to get to the other side and have a new way of being, which is to be encouraged and supported. We need to do that within that container. I think if we're always stuck on, maybe this is just my lens personally on the world, if we're always stuck on what's not working, the negativity, the frustration, we're going to live in that and we're not going to move into 
this, what is this teaching me about myself? How can I move through this in a new and better way? What can I learn? How can I be that encouragement for someone else because I've been through that hard time? So I always tell my guests when we're talking about our topic, we share the story. I feel it's important that my guests share their story and background because we connect to that. You know, it's that whole marketing saying, you know this, that we we buy and connect to people that we, um, what is it, know, like, and trust, right? And so we do that when we hear, I believe, that personal connection. And so we do story. We talk about what that topic is, which for me, I always say, what is that bigger solution to the problem that we are solving. And then I share with my guests, but we're going to end on hope. We're going to end on an actionable tool so our listeners can feel encouraged and that we are creating this ecosystem of support. So that is a framework that I use for every interview that I go into or try to create is that. And so that is a long answer to your question about, about my graph and my philosophy, but I think it brings it all together as we're looking at, you know, my lens of having people lead with compassion, empathy, and hope. Oh, I think that was uh, just wonderfully composed. And to be able to pull together all of those different thoughts into a cohesive answer to a question, that's an art form. And it's oh. you know, I certainly work on that myself. Oh, thank you. There's a, there's a podcast uh, by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And I was reading, actually reading an article from him. He's amazing in terms of just as a resource and his mindset. And speaking of mindsets, one of the things he mentioned recently is that, you know, the very definition of aging is changing in society, partially because people are, have, you know, they have better tools, they have better services at their disposal. There's also education, mm -hmm. in, you know, as a, as a way of people being better informed and, and, and making better decisions about their own well-being and their mental health and, and so forth. I just thought that was interesting in terms of how it correlates with what you just mentioned. And so much is relating to mindset. I want to pivot um, to technology. Technology is something that, you know, we at Canopy embrace. It's something that I personally just love uh, reading about and and trying to understand. You speak often about the role technology can play in terms of improving the quality of life for older adults and caregivers. Age tech is this red hot topic, tons of venture capital flooding into the space. But I think if you're tuning in to the news every day or listening to experts in the field, it can be really challenging to identify the signal from the noise. Yeah, you're right. There are so many options. <laughs> and what I find exciting within that, though, in my conversations with age tech CEOs is that most of these companies have been created out of the personal experience to come up with the solution to the problem that they or someone that they care about has experienced. So I feel like in almost, gosh, every conversation that I've had, there has been that personal connection. And so that is inspiring for me. And it's also gets me jazzed about what's to come and knowing that 
people are seeing these needs in this space and that venture capital is coming in. And people, I don't know if the right word is like, from outside the senior living are taking notice and creating really, really cool uh, products and bringing awareness to this space. So you're right, there's a lot of options and it's easy to feel overwhelmed. You know, I look at it from the family lens. Okay, we've got all of these options. Where do I even start? Something new is coming at me. Uh, I think part of it is they need to have an awareness of what all the options are, right? We don't always know what that is. But the other piece that I always tell families is identify what your greatest need is in caregiving and start there. I think it's really easy to feel like, where do I begin? There are so many things that I could be using or implementing. And then we get stuck in that analysis paralysis where we're not going to make the move. Um, So whether it's that urgent need is financial, is your urgent need care management? Is it legal? Is it a caregiving task? Is it self-care? Start by identifying that greatest need and start seeking out that tech option first and then go from there. Then you can add in, you know, now I really would like to look at transportation or I've got end of life that I need to walk through. Um, I've interviewed quite a few age tech CEOs. So you can search through our library and see if any of their options really meet your needs. To highlight a couple that I really, really like, uh, Papa, Andrew Parker, we did an interview with him, and Papa is an incredible uh, caregiving companion app. Uh, Ron Gura, who started Empathy, which helps families walk through uh, after loss and grief and having people help you navigate that. You know, I think on average it takes 16 months to settle all of the affairs after a loved one passes away, and we're really not mentally equipped to do that at that time. And so where do you start? Where do you begin? Uh, LEQ, which is a personal companion robot that does a lot of engagement and that enrichment. I could go on and on and on, but I feel like there are really good options and there's a lot happening. So identified what you need and your loved one needs first and then go from there so that you're not, you know, bombarded or feel like I don't even know where to start. So that would be my advice on that. I wanted to close this really wonderful interview with you by quoting something you wrote on your Gigi Betty website. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to confess that I had to read it a few times because I started tearing up reading it. It's very, and that's a rare moment of of vulnerability for me. Don't get used to it. Anybody. Do you say in quotes all around me, I saw people caring for people. And in those conversations, realize that in our shared experiences, there is so much richness, knowing we are not alone. And when we are side by side, sharing our hopes and our challenges, we can come together and we will gather together because anything is possible. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that. It's so true. It is when we're when we are gathered together, it is uh, way better as a collective when we're supported with each other. Yeah. Thank you. Nicole, thank you. I've really enjoyed this interview and you are, uh, you're a fascinating human being. 
I would love for us to regroup and share new stories when the time is right. And I hope to see you at uh, whatever conferences are coming up. I know. I know. Are you going to be at the Florida Senior Living Association by chance? That that one is not on my immediate list. Okay. I would like to, but but now now that I know you're there, um, yeah. anything is possible, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm actually speaking, and one of the things we you know when we talked about our backgrounds or mine merging together, senior living and caregiving. Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about having senior living really think about bringing family com family caregivers into that conversation. And so, you know, we've got these care economy businesses on one side and senior living on the other, and there's great things happening. And I don't want senior living to miss the mark or the opportunity to be a part of this huge conversation that's happening in the care economy and all of those businesses. And so I'm speaking about that, which I'm really excited about is uh, I think senior living is the perfect guide, actually, given their experience and their education to meet those older adults and family caregivers in that first act of the journey rather than waiting to the event or crisis. And so I'm excited about sharing more about that. But yeah, I'll be there talking to all the senior living pros. So they're lucky to have you. And I know that you'll share many of your insights and observations. And I can certainly attest that reading your work and, and checking out all your various uh, marketing channels and communication channels is always gratifying. So again, thank you for all the work you do. You have really paved the way for people like myself, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy the opportunity that we get when we can visit and catch up and support each other. So I'm a fan of what you guys are up to and looking forward to the future. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canopy IQ podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get notified when new episodes release and learn more by visiting canopyadco.com.